BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad that you joined us again tonight. Now coming up, we are going to talk to one of the whistleblowers who has come forward to say he witnessed a lot of election fraud and you won't believe what he's going to tell us. And we're going to tell you what comments by the president had social media all abuzz today and what comments by Attorney General Barr caused social media to completely melt down. But first, we're going to go around the world with our Real America's Voice hosts and correspondents. First up in our D.C. studios, Carrie Sheffield has the top news story right now on JustTheNews.com. Our news partners, Carrie. Hey there, Dr. Gina. Congratulations on your new program. So I want to give your viewers an update that we've been tracking here at Just the News. A press report is that Congressman Mo Brooks, who's a congressman from Alabama, Republican, has said that he plans to challenge the electors on January 6th when the new Congress comes in. So January 6th is when there's a new Congress in town. And according to the Constitution, it is Congress that must certify the new president. So he, uh, this congressman says, Congressman Brooks says that the electors should certify Donald Trump as the true victor. He said that the socialists have stolen the election and they've said that this is something that uh, he's not going to allow to stand. Uh, according to the Constitution, both a Senate and a House member must, must both challenge this. Um, he has so far not got a senator to help him with this. And so he says that he's uh, going to proceed reportedly even without a senator on board with him. We will, of course, keep you posted on all of this. Um, Kaylee McEnany, the White House spokeswoman, was asked about this, in fact, in a briefing today. Um, and she said she had not heard that the president had spoken with anybody on Capitol Hill about this issue. Um, it's, of course, of a keen interest to all of us here at Just the News. We will keep you posted at justthenews.com. We always appreciate our partners at Just the News like you, Carrie. Thank you so much for keeping us informed. Now out to our Denver headquarters to Jessica Rivera with news that a special counsel has been appointed to continue the investigation into the shady origins of the Russia collusion investigation. Go ahead, Jessica. Dr. Gina, that's right. Attorney General Barr appointed U.S. Attorney John Durham as special counsel for the Department of Justice October 19th, but he just let Congress know this week. Barr made Durham special counsel in order to continue investigating the origins of the Russia collusion investigation that Barr directed Durham to start May of 2019. And after Barr disclosed the appointment, of course, Democrats criticized the move, but Barr's reasonings are simple. But more importantly, they are legal. Durham's 2019 report was expected to be out this summer, 2020. But since the pandemic and more uncoverings, Durham's report has yet to see the light of day. And since there may be a new administration coming in, 
A new incoming president doesn't have the power to fire a special counsel. Only the attorney general has that power. But an incoming president does have the power to fire a U.S. attorney. Barr actually says, quote, I decided the best thing to do would be to appoint them under the same regulation that covered Mueller. He's talking about Robert Mueller to provide Durham and his team some assurance that they'd be able to complete their work regardless of the outcome of the election. End quote. So Dr. Gina, Attorney General Barr is basically just covering his bases. And if he didn't, I think a lot would think it would be mostly a dereliction of duty. Back to you. So not exactly, Jessica, as it was portrayed on a lot of the news outlets yesterday where Barr was just uh, completely saying that he's not going to do anything about the elections. Absolutely. That's not true. What he's saying is right now they don't have anything to really speak on because a lot of this stuff has not been made public. And so he can't uh, foresee uh, what the evidence that they're saying they have will bring out. And so he's kind of just staying low on it right now, but he hasn't said a definitive there's nothing going on. All right. Thank you so much, Jessica. We appreciate it. Now going down to Alpharetta, Georgia, to Heather Mullins, where Linwood and Sidney Powell held a press conference. Heather, what do you know? Well, I know that the deadline to file lawsuits uh, contesting the uh, certification of the results in Georgia was yesterday. So they uh, did detail a little bit about what those lawsuits look like. They say that they have stacks of evidence that they are going to pre be presenting. Uh, the interesting thing, we had a former Democrat rep here, Bernie Jones, who came out and supported the president. He was here as well. And there was actually a, 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 a pretty much a divide from these panel between Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, and Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones was the only one telling people to go out in these Senate runoff races and, and support Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. While on the other hand, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell were both saying this election is rigged. And where are they earning your vote right now? Where are they calling on Governor Kemp to uh, order this special uh, session to review the voter ID laws before this January 5th runoff race takes place? So it was very interesting to see that, you know, while there is a consensus that we need to support the president in the November 3rd election and make sure every legal vote counts, there's definitely a divide amongst Republicans here in Georgia on whether or not they should vote in the runoff races at this point. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate you. And now we're going to head on up to Michigan, where our own Tudor Dixon has the story on what the Attorney General said that had my phone blowing up last night. Tudor? Thank you, Dr. Gina. Congratulations on your new show. I watched it last night, and it is wonderful. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Attorney General situation because he did come out and say, to date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. So he's saying there's not widespread fraud, but he's not saying that there is no fraud. They have checked out some claims of fraud, and they found it. They're saying it's not systemic fraud, but that's what we're kind of expecting in this election because we know that Joe Biden won 300 fewer counties than Barack Obama. When you see that, you have to say, how did those counties have numbers that were so much higher for, for Joe Biden than they were for Barack Obama? And those are the areas that the Trump legal team are focused on. So Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, they did come out and have a response to this. They said, with all due respect to the attorney general, there hasn't been any semblance of the, a Department of Justice investigation. We've gathered ample evidence of illegal voting in at least six states, which they have not examined. 
Seems like this fight will continue on. Gina? And they say nothing widespread. How about that? Thank you so much, Tudor. Now let's head on over to our own Ben Burkwam, leaving no stone unturned in Clark County, Nevada, where a judge has ordered officials to allow an inspection of election equipment. Ben, what's the story? Well, we're here out in front of Clark County, the election uh, headquarters here, just outside of Las Vegas and are just outside the strip. Uh, they were supposedly given access. I met with the team yesterday, the lawyers, and part of the Trump campaign that were out here yesterday. And basically what they said to me was they were given a guided tour of the facility. Most of what they asked for and what they needed in order to do those inspection inspections was not given to them. Uh, they were expecting to be able to inspect the adjudicator machines. They weren't allowed to do that. They were expecting to be able to inspect the signature verification uh, process. They weren't able to do that in the machines. They weren't able to do that. They were, uh, ex they were supposed to be able to inspect the USB ports for the Dominion software here. They weren't able to do that. And a whole list of about 10 items uh, the most important of those items that they were not able to do to, in order to verify that the election was uh, you know, accurate and that there was no fraud. And so they've actually uh, decided today just to forego that. They've got a case in Carson City, Nevada tomorrow. We'll be heading up there just outside of Reno. We'll be flying out later this evening, joining them at 1 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow for that. And that will be a real uh, that will have a big deciding impact on not just what happens here in Clark County, but across the state of Nevada. So as of yet, what they've been told they were going to get is not what they've been given. And, uh, you know, not surprising coming from one of the, the what they're calling them, one of the most corrupt counties in the country. So we're uh, waiting to hear back from them. We have not been given access to the building. Uh, it's, they say it's closed for COVID. But uh, again, we did have a chance to speak to the Trump campaign as well as the lawyers last night. And that's what we're hearing from here. So we're continuing to follow it, and we'll be up in uh, Carson City tomorrow. It's so confusing, Ben. I thought if you had a mask on and et cetera, you were safe from COVID. They make it all so confusing. I guess unless you're um, protesting or celebrating a, a Biden victory, you're not allowed to go anywhere. I don't know. Hey, Ben, do you have any living grandmothers? I, I, well, if I did, I'm watching what's happening right now, and it's a tragedy. I was actually there with my grandmother, uh, my, my father's mother, when she passed away from Alzheimer's in a nursing home about 10 years ago, and I was holding my dad's hand while he was holding her hand as she passed away. And I have to tell you, that was one of the uh, toughest moments in my life, but it was also one of the most rewarding moments. And when I hear stories now about uh, family members, fathers and mothers dying alone in nursing homes because of these insane COVID restrictions, it just, mm. it absolutely breaks my heart. We are living in a, in a, in an, just a completely crazy time in our country's history, and uh, it's it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine too, and I'm sorry about that. And I don't have any any living grandmothers today either. But I was going to talk about grandmothers next, so I was going to ask you about that. But Ben, thank you for that report, and I appreciate you standing <laughs> by. And I know if there's a story to get, you'll get in there and get it. So Ben, we appreciate you. Our grandmothers did tell us, my grandmother told me many times, life is not fair, but I am not sure we had any idea we would ever see days like these. And I can't lie, as I looked down Apple News site today, which I don't do very often, but I, I saw AOC on the cover of Vanity Fair. And I just thought to myself, you know, our beautiful first family should be there. Uh, you know, I searched headlines today to find just one fair headline regarding our president in this election. I took a deep breath and I thought, yep, <laughs> grandma was right. She was sure right. Life is not 
fair. We all worry for our own children and future grandchildren. I don't have any yet, but uh, someday they're going to have to face all that's left uh, when this is all gone. And whatever the squad has done, the squad that has a goal of socializing our beloved republic, my background, the doctor part, is in psychology and human behavior. And I have two master's degrees and a PhD in those fields. And I say that, believe me, not to brag, because honestly, I don't put much stock at all in college these days, at least not the leftist universities that turn kids into sheeple zombies today. I say that because the left likes to lie and say that I'm not a real doctor. I got my degrees, they say, they like to say that I got my degrees online or in some other non-credentialed way, they've made up a few, but I didn't. My PhD is a real doctorate and I worked almost a decade to earn my four degrees from three separate, mostly liberal universities, and I got them all with the highest honors, and I guess I should be proud of that, but again, don't be too impressed. I have ADHD, so I can't focus very well, and I get really good grades, and so I think I just stayed in school because, uh, you know, some days I can barely remember my family's birthdays and anniversaries, but, uh, you know, that's true. Life isn't fair, and as Grandma said, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and I was simply good at exploiting mine, so I stayed in school a long time. But here's what I do know. I do know the human mind, and I need you to know that so that I can tell you something that I think is critical about where we are today. Back to Grandma and how right she was that life isn't fair. What the left has done to you, to the American people, is tantamount in my vision right now to a home invasion or maybe even worse. If you've ever, ever in your life been robbed or if you've had something taken from you or if you've been raped, the feelings you're experiencing right now are ever bit as legitimate and real as the invasion you felt then. They went in and they stole what rightfully belonged to you. You were invaded, you were violated, and you were victimized. Now, conservatives don't like to think of themselves as victims, but I need to say this because I think it's really important because suicide rates are already at an all-time high due to the way politicians have weaponized COVID to lock you in your homes and muzzle you with bacteria breeding gags. Those things are called masks. I lost one of my best friends, and so this is very serious to me. She always battled depression, but this took her right over that edge, and we lost her to the derangement of these times. There's too much loneliness. There's too much despair. There's too much control over our lives and our family. There's too much fear and division created by a media and a body politic looking to profit from this division. It's sinister, it's evil, and it's no longer excusable. Now, we here at Real America's Voice seek to be real news and to be fair. Our news is balanced, but this is an opinion show. This is my opinion, and it's me being honest. And if the so-called journalists at CNN and MSNBC would be honest about their opinions, I don't think we'd feel so violated by their lies about journalistic integrity. Your grief and your anger, I want you to know, are justifiable and real. You have every reason to feel what you feel right now. If you're crying more, you're working more, eating more, drinking more, sleeping more, a little more angry, that's okay. I want you to look at it this way. The left doesn't have the crazy pics of us that we have of them. Remember these? And they never will have them. You know why? Because we have dignity, we have integrity, and our grief will be private. It will be personal. And in all likelihood, we don't discuss it at all. Now, I'm not saying we lost. I don't believe that. I have every hope that this president, however, the narrow, however narrow the chances are, I believe he will prevail. 
And that's exactly why I'm discussing this right now, because I don't want you to lose hope. But I also don't want you to think that your feelings are wrong somehow. I want you to know it's okay, because you aren't the same as the left if you're experiencing some sort of grief or anger. You aren't crying like a child because you didn't get your way like they did. Remember those photos again? Now, if you cry, or you punch a wall, or you're working out more, or you're screaming at the sky at night, it's justified because you were violated. They tried to steal something from you that was rightfully yours. And whether or not you get it back, and whether or not they get away with it or they don't, you are in the throes of that and your feelings aren't childish. You're not being whiny or small or spiteful. Your feelings are real and mature and born of a place of righteousness and justice. Because, you know why? Because your politics are born of a place of righteousness and justice. Because that's who you are. Grief and anger can be righteous. Even the Holy Bible says in Psalm 139:22 that you can hate with a perfect hatred. For everything there is a time and a season. And that is what Grandma said. This is that time. Be okay with your process. Be patient with yourself. Talk it out with your friends. And if you need help, talk to your pastor or your counselor. This message is grandmother approved. Coming up, whistleblowers coming forward to give their eyewitness accounts of election fraud. And we have one of those whistleblowers coming up next. You won't believe his story. Also, we're going to show you what Attorney General Barr said that had social media melting down last night. Stay right where you are. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, since President Trump came down that escalator, anonymous sources have been cited in the fake news media with all kinds of sorted accusations and unsubstantiated fake allegations of wrongdoing by President Trump. And that's one of the reasons why it's so surprising that the legacy news media is ignoring the thousands of people who are coming forward with their stories of election fraud. These whistleblowers are showing their faces on camera. They are signing their names under penalty of perjury to affidavits describing the election fraud that they personally witnessed. And we have one of these brave whistleblowers with us right now. Greg Stenstrom joins us. Greg, thank you for coming forward. Please tell us about what caused you, what motivated you to put yourself out here like this. Um, I wanted to participate in the elective process. I'm a, a veteran, a family man, and um, I was excited to uh, participate in this election. Just a patriot. Well, thank you for your service. You for your and service. of course, thank and you also course, for being brave enough to come forward. Now, you were at the press conference yesterday in Arlington, Virginia, and there were other whistleblowers there, and one in particular had a sort of a rough past, he admitted, and I'm sure that's being dragged through the mud right now in the media, and they're telling his story. Um, if they're bothering to tell his story at all, I'm sure they're telling the worst parts of it. Um, but is that something that you're worried about? No, I'm not. In fact, uh, I think uh, people like myself um, who have had a history with the military, veterans, uh, officers, um, my job and my people like me, our job is to give people courage. 
and I think uh, Jesse, uh, I know his life is a country western song, but he is a, a true hero and a true patriot for coming forward and putting himself out to that ridicule. Okay, now tell our viewers what, you know, what the high points are, what, what we need to know about what exactly you did witness. Well, in a nutshell, um, I witnessed the uploading of uh, over 24 USB sticks by the warehouse, uh, the voting warehouse supervisor. And uh, he wasn't supposed to be part of the process, loaded quite a number of USB sticks. It increased the vote by 50,000 votes. Um, those are USB sticks are uh, reportedly missing now. And uh, in addition to that, um, after the mail-in ballot count was completed and 120,000 mail-in ballots had been recorded, um, when we finally gained access, or when I finally gained access to the back room, which was sequestered and out of our sight, three days later, there were 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots there. And the question is now, where did they go and why weren't they included in the process? I think those are the two big things. And so now that this, do this is done, and now that you've told what you know, what is your hope as to what happens? Because how much of this is fixable, I guess? Um, I, uh, starting that evening and going into Saturday, I contacted the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, the Pennsylvania Attorney General's Office, uh, local law enforcement, uh, the DA's office. Uh, I contacted everyone. Um, I think they would have let me go and secure that forensic evidence if they weren't going to do it, if I had shown up with anybody with a badge. So I think we should have, uh, it's inexcusable that law enforcement hasn't secured that data to, uh, to let everybody know what happened. Um, I, there is no cure or no remedy that I'm aware of. Um, we're a home rule charter or home charter. We could have another vote and um, verify and reelect our officials. But for the president of the United States, the only cure is constitutional. So that has to be decided by either the Supreme Court, go to Congress, um, there's multiple trajectories and remedies, but there is no remedy for the president with 120,000 ballots in question. Um, we only have 425,000 registered voters, 300,000, approximately 300,000 voted, and of 100,000 to 120,000 ballots, I don't see how we can certify those ballots. So that'll be up to the courts, and I, and I think that uh, we'll be successful there. Uh, it's very interesting. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm curious how many news outlets, are you satisfied with the coverage that you've had from uh, from the media? No, not at all. I think the media has been incredibly, um, you're our fourth estate. The media is our, literally uh, the voice of the American people and you failed us. Uh, not particularly you because you're on with us, but uh, we had uh, some media there yesterday and uh, I think this is a story that needs to get out. What we hear constantly from from other media pundits, I'll say, is that there is no evidence. Uh, they, 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 they're forming a narrative instead of reporting the news. So no, I don't think they've been fair at all. And I think that they owe it to the American people and uh, as our fourth estate and, and our voice to speak for us. Greg Sinstrom, thank you so much for coming forward. Now, there isn't much that can be done once the fraudulent ballots are mixed in with real votes. So what are the options? Someone who is intimately familiar, former Secretary of State of Ohio, 
Ken Blackwell joins us right now. Ken, as a former Secretary of State, you know more about certifying elections than most of us do. Is there something that these Secretaries of State should be doing to stop the certification of what appears to be fraudulent vote totals? Unfortunately, some Secretaries of State are part of the problem. The real power rests with state legislatures. The Article Two of the Constitution, Section One of that article, uh, gives the power to set the schedule, to set the rules, uh, and to name the electors to the Electoral College to state legislatures. I believe that this is being prosecuted on two tracks. The one track is the legal track. The other track is the political and constitutional track. Uh, and when you see the mountains of evidence that are starting to pile up, state legislatures have a responsibility to hold hearings, to compile the evidence, and then make a determination. If their determination is that the integrity of the elections in their respective states has been spoiled, has been broken, they have an obligation to fix it they can name the electors. And it's my, my opinion that in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in uh, Michigan, the state legislatures can correct the problem and do the right thing. Uh, there were too many anomalies, uh, too many uh, provable uh, transgressions against uh, the Constitution, and too many, uh, there's sufficient evidence of illegality that we believe uh, in, in, the, uh, in, the, in those states that those legislatures uh, can fix it. They're, the calendar is, 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 pretty, is, is not as tight as one would have you believe. The Electoral College meets on de December the 14th. When they meet, if they can't resolve the matter because those three states perhaps send them two competing slates of electors, it goes to Congress on January the 6th. And so we have at least the January the 6th to prosecute this case, both legally uh, in terms of the, the courts uh, and politically and constitutionally in the halls of, of state legislatures in those affected states. So, so a Secretary of State uh, solo cannot make the decision not to certify the results. Now, let's, let's use Pennsylvania. What happened in Pennsylvania was against the Constitution and just out of bounds. In the 11th hour, a political appointee, a political operative of the governor who serves as Secretary of State in Pennsylvania, changed the calendar and changed the rules. And as a consequence of those changes, voters in Pennsylvania got unequal treatment and that means that there was a violation of equality under the law for the voters of that state. Uh, there was a lack of transparency, but more importantly, there was this extra or unconstitutional action by a political appointee uh, that, that has to be challenged. And I think that can be challenged in, in the court. Uh, and at the same time, the, the Pennsylvania legislature can, can hold hearings review the, the, the data, uh, the, the testimony of whistleblowers like Greg, and in fact, make a determination that the electors that should be sent 
to the Electoral College on December the 14th are uh, the Trump electors. Given that the governor and secretary of state have already certified another set of electors that would send both of those sets to uh, the Electoral College that would be handed off to the Congress on January the 6th. And that pushes the, 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 the decision into the halls of Congress. Uh, we, we have to play this out both on the political and constitutional track, as well as the the legal track, uh, and I think that this this is this ball game is far from being over. So, uh, with about thirty seconds remaining, Mr. Blackwell, I've heard people say, "Let's just do the elections over," but in some states, that's not feasible. Why? Well, one, the the, the calendar, the, the transition should take place on January the. The, the, the second, I'm excuse me, January the 20th. We in fact have enough time to correct the wrongdoings and still be on track for the president of the United States to start his second term on, on January 20th of next year. Okay. okay. All right, Kim Blackwell, we sure do appreciate you. Thank you so much for being with us and your expertise is very valuable. Appreciate it. Up next, we're going to talk about why Trump supporters are ticked at Attorney General Barr. Uh, but is it all the information that you need out there? That and more right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. It's time to check in with Damon to see what's coming up at 8 p.m. on Live from Studio 6B. Damon? Dr. G, good to be with you tonight, uh, live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice. You know, we're going to continue to talk about, we had Phil Klein on last night. I know you did as well. We're going to continue to talk about the Amistad Project, all the work we're, they're doing across the country. We're going to continue to talk about the Attorney General yesterday and his comments that so far they've seen no voter fraud. I don't know what the Attorney General is doing, and I don't know what the U.S. attorneys are doing across the country. But, um, you know, for three and a half years, we had to send people subpoenas, pr uh, pry them to the court or to Congress kicking and screaming to get information out of them. Here, we have hundreds of people signing affidavits running, saying, hey, let me tell you what I saw. And uh, But I guess there's not enough uh, evidence for the Attorney General so far to even bother looking into it. So we'll talk more about that. Lots to do. Paul will have news. Rick will have sports. Rick Delgado's here. The whole crew, live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m., right here on America's Voice. Dr. G, back to you. Can't wait to watch Damon. See you at 8, live from Studio 6B. And now, last night, my phone blew up with messages when it was reported that Attorney General Barr said he had not seen any evidence, as Damon just mentioned, of widespread vote fraud. Conservatives 
They were ticked. And they've watched as a deep state coup against the president took place with no consequence, consequence at all for their treason. They kept hoping that one of the many criminals would actually see the inside of a jail cell for trying to overturn the results of the 2016 election. They watched their president get smeared with fake news about Russians rigging the 2016 election and thousands of other fake news reports that used anonymous sources and made up facts. But now, there are literally thousands of people coming forward to sign affidavits and make witness statements about the election fraud that they witnessed. The DOJ is nowhere to be found. Maybe my next guest can give us some hope. He is the president of one of my favorite people of all time, Phyllis Schlafly, a mentor of mine. Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles. Ed Martin continuing her legacy. Ed, it's always great to see you. Ed, folks on the right are the ones who, are, who, who do support law enforcement, but the law enforcement agents and leadership at the very top seem to be acting like politicians with an agenda to get rid of Trump, it seems like. How do you see it? Well, listen, I, first of all, let's be clear. Uh, the Attorney General, Bill Barr, is a politician. These people that pretend that the people that are at the top levels of government aren't politicians, they are. And you're going to like this, Dr. Gina. I think what Bill Barr did is akin to what Pope Francis has done recently, and that is he says one thing in a speech that he knows will be taken as the story, and then he goes on to say lots of other stuff. So today, Bill Barr and his team are in the spin zone. They're saying, well, actually, we announced that we're going to have a special counsel. John Durham is going to be a special counsel. That was news. And by the way, we went on in the interview to say that we're not done looking we the people know that when a guy like Bill Barr does an interview like that and he says the one thing he knows that the fake news is going to run with, that the establishment's going to run with, we don't want to hear the spin. We want to know why we're faced with a crisis. If the crisis turns out to be fake, if, if it, the voter fraud turns out to be not fraud, fine. I think you and I would agree. But right now, no one will get to the bottom of it. I agree. If Bill Barr is watching CNN, he's not seeing any evidence <laughs> of fraud. But he's got to get off of CNN and watch what's happening in the country. So it, it's a very, very frustrating thing. The president keeps letting these people do these jobs. And then we keep getting let down, we the people. And, and, we get, and they look at us and say, you don't understand. We know exactly what's going on. We know the game. You took the words right out of my mouth. It seems like, and you think that, you want to believe that people are intelligent enough to use other sources, really, uh, than the New York Times, right, uh, But uh, and CNN. But uh, so you want to believe that someone like uh, A.G. Barr is reading more intelligent sources than that, right? But um, you wonder when he seems to not understand how many people have put really their, their, their lives on the line and that of their families to come forward and be whistleblowers. Um, does he not know about them? I mean, you just, you really, your, your mind just goes blank when you hear him say something like that. And you think, does he not know? Is he being part of the globalist establishment that we've seen for all these years? Is that just who he is? Can you not get it out of him? Is he like the Bushes, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. or, or, or is he lying? I mean, I really, I yeah. mean, that's what it comes down to. 
Well, but look, and but you know, Dr. Gina, you know, you're someone, I'm someone, our old friend, the late Phyllis Schlafly. If you speak the truth, it's at a cost, right? You get excluded from some of the po the cocktail parties. You don't get invited to the to the uh, CNN banquets. And so, Bill Barr is is doing what the swamp does, which is he's playing that inside game. It's one of the reasons why when people say Bush v. Gore was a success, and, and look, we can count on the Supreme Court. My answer is. In 2000, the swamp lined up on both sides. You know, Al Gore had swamp lawyers. Bush had swamp lawyers. And by that, I mean the guys that are establishment and gals that are establishment folks. Right now, if you're a Trump supporter, you're on an island. And the island gets, you know, smaller and smaller. And you say to yourself, this is what America is about. Why can't we have more people join us in this fight? Again, I'm not saying we have the conclusion now. I am saying we now have evidence. When you have affidavits, people sign their, their, their affidavits saying something. And as you point out, now citizens are being bullied and they're being bullied to testify and they're testifying about being bullied in the polling places. This is criminal conduct. And, and Bill Barr should be saying the system breaks down if I don't enforce the law. And here we are having, you and I are having to convince him to look. I mean, this is not the way it's supposed to work. But the president's not giving up, and I don't have much time yet left, but the lawsuits yep. continue. Do you think some other Republicans are going to jump in this fight and help? Yes, I think the grassroots has to continue to strengthen the backbone of Republicans, like always. I tell people it's a three-front war. There's a legal fight, there's the constitutional fight, and there's the information war, and your show is a part of that. As we strengthen the backbones, I believe more Republicans will step up and say, we can't allow this to happen for our republic. And we've got to hope and pray that happens and work hard to make it happen. Ed Martin, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you and the work you do there. Coming up, did you know that the Democrat Party is the party of the super rich? Well, we have the numbers to prove it. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up. Stick around. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now you've heard it said time and time again that the Republican Party is the party of the rich. And so many times you probably believe it. You've heard the Democrat Party is for the working man, but the stereotype doesn't apply, at least not anymore if it ever did. Ben Weingard from Hillsdale College tweeted a graphic of how the Democrat Party has indeed become the party of the super rich. This election, a majority of the richest counties went for Biden and middle America and the South is all red Trump country. And here to discuss it, former congressman and dean of business school at Liberty University, Dave Bratt. All right, Dave, now this graphic that was tweeted shows that in 1980, the richest counties were overwhelmingly voting for Reagan. Carter won just nine of the top 100 richest counties. But in 2020, Biden won 57 of the top 100 richest counties. And Dave, we know that the majority of super donors, the Wall Street guys, give to yeah. 
the Democrats. We know this. So yeah. I guess the Republican Party is now the party of the true working person. Well, that, that's right. I mean, that's President Trump's accomplishment as he showed the Republican Party a way to victory uh, going through the blue wall up in the Midwest where I'm from. And then beyond that, I think the most important, you know, uh, economic variable right now is the big six tech firms. Their market cap, what they're worth, is equal to the entire market cap of every stock exchange in Europe combined. So soak that wow. in for a minute. And all of those firms, right, that's 27% of the S&P, et cetera, uh, in domestic terms. But those six firms are, are gigantic monopolies. Uh, Apple, all the, you know, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, and they're all run by leftists who played a crucial role in this election financially, uh, giving to uh, vote counters, et cetera, 400 million, I think, and allowing access uh, to media Twitter accounts, uh, which uh, should be covered under the First Amendment. And so I hope our current Senate and uh, House get on that issue. The Democrats, ironically, or somehow mysteriously, are actually for that, which is a good thing. But see, here's what doesn't make sense here. I mean, we've all heard the term, you know, they don't care who, you know, who dies as long as they're the undertaker. But, uh, you know, does it surprise you that the super rich prefer Democrats who are, you know, on, who seem to want socialism? I mean, AOC is really heading up that party at this point, calling the shots, making the rules. She's on the cover of Vanity Fair right now. I mean, she is their icon. They listen to her. And uh, when you look at Kamala Harris, she is certainly no John F. Kennedy. So, so does it surprise you that that is the direction these, these, these business people would want to go? Well, uh, th there's a certain element, right? The super rich that can lawyer out of it, right? So they're, they have tax dodges and whatever. And then underneath that, yeah, then it gets a little bit more mysterious, people at high, high income levels. Uh, but then, you know, they virtue signal. And if you just look at the current crop of, you know, the Fortune 500 CEOs or whatever, they don't have an alternative, right? They, they have to publicly profess uh, that they're in favor of the leftist ideology and all that comes with it, right? The kind of the neo-Marxist stuff that's been with us in academia for 40 years. And so you're right, from a, just a strict self-interest uh, personal level, yeah, it, it would be shocking, but everything's public now, right? Everyone has to virtue signal on the left in terms of the environment and other social obligations that we owe according to their doctrines. And that's, that's the way it is right now. Yeah, and I remember some business psych classes. I've taught a few of those, in fact, at university level. And there is, and living in Palm Beach, I can tell you, there's an element of people at cocktail parties, and they're yes. the wannabes. So they're wealthy, but they're not the super wealthy, and they want to be in that elite class. So they're willing to believe just about anything to get there, and they don't pay, spend a lot of time actually doing the critical thought uh, that yep. you and I might do as to how politics actually works. This election was really a red wave all the way down to the local races, though. The, the state yep. legislative group, you know Alec, um, has yep. the latest tally. Republicans gained 192 state House seats and also gained a net 40 state Senate seats, Dave. Now, Republicans have legislative control in 31 of 50 states versus 18 for the Democrats. 
Also, yeah. Republicans flipped three legislative cha chambers. Um, the, um, the, the New Hampshire House and Senate and the Alaska House are the two that flipped. Now, Dave, it sounds like a red wave to me. This red wave is one of the many reasons why a lot of people think this election was just rigged at the top of the yeah. ticket. You don't have a red wave without the president winning big. And he got, what, 11 million more votes than he did in 2016? It just doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. And the way you just juxtaposed it is is correct. You know, uh, somehow President Trump uh, bears the brunt of that punishment uh, when all the down tickets are going red. And then it, 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 all of this fraudulent activity appears to only take place in the key battleground states that are known ahead of time. And all the nonsensical behavior takes place after 11 p.m. They say, we're going to go to bed. Most rational people think you get up at 8 a.m. or something like, but they get up at 3.30 a.m. to start counting again. And mm. so, you know, everybody, I mean, the, I watch, you know, the Bannon war rooms, all good on this stuff. There's a lot of folks at Liberty University who are covering this stuff, attorneys. Uh, we got working for us that are doing heroic work. And uh, yeah, there's way too many statistical anomalies. The, the mainstream media won't cover any of it. I saw CNN the other day covered the fact that the... Uh, coronavirus uh, might have come from China. So that, you know, that's only about 11 months late, but, you know, CNN is right on top of it. So. <laughs> well, at least they got there. Right, All right, well, President it. Trump says, yeah, yeah, congratulations. Uh, President <laughs> Trump says he's going to maybe, uh, you know, if, if things don't, don't pan out and, and, and this doesn't go his way, he's going to run in four years um, if he doesn't pull off the legal win, of course, in this election. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think he'd do it? I, I think he may do it. I mean, he uh, he's going to be around watching the nonsense that takes place over the next year or so. And I, I cannot see him resting idly by, uh, you know, just going back to business as usual. He, he's personally invested. He cares. He loves Americans. All those rallies, uh, the American people loved him, I, I think. he uh, He's a very charismatic personality, and he loves people back especially when yeah. he sees the outpouring toward him first. And so I, I think uh, even at tremendous personal cost to him, I, I, I think he's in. All right, I gotta ask you about this bar owner in Staten Island. You saw this. He was arrested last night for keeping his bar open after the city and state told him that he must shut down because of COVID regulations, of course. Uh, we don't have time to watch the video of the altercation, but Dave, that's really amazing. People are standing up to an oppressive government like that, yeah. and it's very American to do so. About 30 seconds, but I just want your comment. Yeah, well, it, it is shocking. I mean, in retrospect, we're going to look back at this uh, period uh, in shock that the American people uh, were, were sheep in too many respects. And uh, so we got to get back to American leadership and uh, get back to the ideals and first principles that made us great. And your show is, is leading the way. So congratulations on your huge premiere and all your success. Thank you so much, Dave, and congratulations to everything you guys are doing at Liberty is great. We appreciate you. Thanks for being with us tonight. You bet. Thanks, Dr. Gina. Great. All right. All right. It's almost time to go, but first, it is time for Doctor's Orders. Now, science hasn't decided if salt is always good for you, if red meat is healthy, if red wine will extend your life, and whether they admit it or not, scientists don't know if masks are more dangerous 
than healthy. You heard Dr. Gold say it right here on this show that wearing one to prevent COVID is like using a chain link fence to prevent someone throwing sand at you. All I have to do is think back to my seventh grade biology class to remember that dark, warm places breed bacteria and moisture helps hold it in. And that's why we breed things in a Petri dish. <laughs> the Surgeon General, the CDC, Fauci and others have said that masks don't prevent COVID and that might spread it due to the dark, moist, warm area created by the mask and the constant face touching that happens when we wear them. I know personally that I have a propensity to drop my mask on the floor. And that's why I wear a chef's plate like, you know, that I can spray with disinfectant instead of a dirty cloth mask that collects germs and bacteria. But some places require the cloth mask. So shouldn't our children be wearing something that they're not touching and dropping on the floor? I don't know. Anyway, one of my children actually got a staph infection after wearing a cloth one to school, so I'm concerned about this. And my warning to you, my doctor's order, don't forget what you know. Question everything you're told. Remember what you learned in seventh grade biology? Remind your children and your friends to do the same thing, and don't be afraid to ask the questions that you know are logical. Those are your doctor's orders for today. I want to just go ahead and thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, the uncensored, undaunted, real America's voice. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now and live your truth. And don't forget to join us tomorrow night right here at Real America's Voice.